Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I entitled this episode, Mass Societal Programming, Arcana Machina, and Extracting Anima Maya. Why? We're literally in the days of technology trying to harvest our whole existence from its portals. The Black Mirrors, also known as our cell phones forward slash smartphones, are playing a huge part in what we're going to be dealing with in the ongoing future. Elon Musk rolled out the unveiling of his Neuralink technology, the brain to machine interface, and I felt like that required an entire episode to break down. What does MKUltra on a massive scale look like? What happens whenever you have heart technology being designed to harvest the mind and calculate the known world? What happens whenever society has been overtaken by interdimensional teachings? We'll be talking about demons, uh, Regina Dugan, CERN, dimensions, uh, parallel timelines, and so much more in this edition. But first, before we do so, stop what you're doing. Download the show notes. Follow along with all of the content that we do. There's a lot of there's a lot of gems in this show notes. Uh, we also have an opening statement prepared for the actual show as well. We did a mini cast earlier this week. The neural takeover that will play a huge part in what we're discussing here. Will AI let us know our own history? Will we be able to become human once we let the genie out of the bottle? We also did an emergency transmission with Lori Alexander of the Underground Resistance Network where we covered a lot of the curiosities surrounding Jeffrey Epstein. She was able to detail the levels uh, of recruitment behind his whole hierarchy of evil. So check that out in the description bar below. Also, we are having Fellowship and Freedom this Sunday, so I hope to see you guys there, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. at Mountain Standard Time. This is the last thing, and I'll let you guys on your way. The Space Force t-shirts are getting in. We will be extending those to the end of July, so make sure you guys go ahead and get that in there. Use promo code NINER for 30% off. That's promo code NINER, N-I-N-E-R, in all caps, for 30% off. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. This is show number 904, season 9, episode 4, and I have prepared an opening statement. It goes a little something like this. Whether individuals of the human race want to acknowledge what we're going to discuss in this transmission, at this point, it makes no difference to me. Simply because of the historical perspectives I continue to gain when assessing not only potential future events, but also practical solutions to combat our oncoming issues. You see, the world we found ourselves in at this point in time is almost a mirror of the world itself. It's fake. What we are tied into is a facsimile of the real. When I would play Kingdom Hearts as a child, it would have heavy symbology referring to this modern truth. The protagonist, Sora, was, was purposely entered into a slumber where he himself was copied into a completely different existence creating a fractured persona named Roxas. Roxas had no knowledge of Sora, only memories of a person he'd never met. How could this be? Because Roxas was the memory that Sora had never met. You see, today is a lot like the world of Kingdom Hearts, and it's taken me almost 10 years to realize that. Big Tech, the technocrats and the engineers behind them have taken humanity as a whole and subjugated us under the rule of their technocratic, tyrannical control. 
Humanity has become hostage to a soulless entity that seeks to rob us of the very thing it cannot imitate. Existence. The aforementioned facsimile of reality is social media, and now we have an entire generation claiming that the facsimile is reality. Now can you blame them, though? With fake people, synthetic culture, artificial, te- artificial intelligence, and now fake news, can you really blame them? How will people know what's real when everything has been intentionally designed to rob them of their connection with the base reality that is nature? This was the goal of Satan. To, to exalt himself above creation, and now we found ourselves craving that which can never be real in the first place. We're lusting after illusions caught in a dangerous self-delusion, an echo chamber of the facsimile. This episode isn't meant to update you on the nefarious plans of the globalists, monitoring Satanists, or calling out the crimes of the corrupt. In fact, it's to show you how how we're already steeped in darkness. And when I tell you good people that the fight is all we have, it's because we're already in one. It's the fight for the human race, your individuality, and our collective freedoms. This episode is designed to show you the current trajectory we are on and how, without some form of conscious awareness or conscious action, we will be automated out of existence. The dunamis of the human soul, the dynamic energy of the human soul cannot be extinguished. And while we wrestled not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers in high places, we must remember that divinity isn't something misgiven. We were given this life, this chance, to do something greater than ourselves. And without the recognition of the threat, you cannot accept this mission. And with that being said, I want to say thank you for tuning in to this very special edition of Factions of Freedom. I've decided to take a break from covering hardcore news. You know, I told you guys last week that we would get to Jeffrey Epstein. If you'd like to know more about that, uh, listen to the episode I did with Lori Alexander of the Underground Resistance Network where we covered that and more in depth. What, will we be, what we will be doing in this transmission is essentially breaking down how society is being broken down into categories and assimilated. The AI takeover is very real. You know, the simplest thing to tell you good people is just last week, Elon Musk unveiled uh, his brain-to-machine interface, the Neuralink. And I didn't want to let that go. I, I, you know, I, I really didn't want to let that go because I think what I'm really trying to tell you is we can't recognize danger. <laughs> we can't recognize the times that we are in. You, you literally have somebody saying they want to hook your brain up to the machines. Back in the day, you know, that would be, that would be considered crazy. You know, the segments of this entire series of this episode are called mass societal programming. In this one, we're going to be talking about social media addiction, uh, mental health, subconscious programming, neuroplasticity, social engineering, brainwashing, indoctrination, so much more, uh, because all these things are very real. During my research of trying to prepare for this episode, I found myself studying things like the Tree of Death, the Kilifoth, uh, essentially Jewish mysticism. And essentially how it talks about the idea of bringing down IQ, reducing your spiritual awareness, separating you from God. You see, we call it all the time, Operation Degradation, the dehumanization agenda that's undergoing. But this was something that was known for times. And and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, as well. I'm always telling you guys, what is telling people to kill themselves? 
the, the, the way I get fired up talking about freedom, humanity, and where we're going from here. Something is out there perpetuating a certain signal that incepts uh, certain people, that makes certain people susceptible to uh, certain types of programming, you see. I've begun to realize that we are really, truly already up against waves and forms of the AI. Uh, people are just not aware of them, you see. Earlier this week, we did a Instagram Live that you guys can find on our uh, audio podcast feed. I'll put that link in the description bar below where we talked about, you know, some of this in depth. Uh, things like the BMI, the brain-machine interface. Will AI let us know our own history? Mind control, uh, you know, and if we can opt out of something like this. I want to let you guys know that at the end of all of this, if, if I can do this the right way, if, at the end of all of this, I can hopefully paint for you a picture of these three trajectories I keep trying to tell us that we're on, of being a pro-human, a pro-almost superhuman individual, uh, a half-human, half-cyborg entity, or just a fully automated human. If I can do the job appropriately, I can try to paint the picture for you of what that looks like. You see, people really have to understand the times that we are in. I think it was, I think it was the, 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 the incident with the Antifa guy trying to blow up the ICE facility and Elon Musk unveiling this that really just spurred me over here to think about this, think about this in a completely different way. And what we'll be talking about towards the latter part of the show is things like demons, aliens, and robots, uh, and creating the conditions for in, for for uh, these otherworldly entities to inhabit this realm. And I know all of this stuff sounds crazy, but I really think people need to understand the times that we're in. They're not normal. You see, I'll be getting in here shortly uh, into how in five 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 little points, <laughs> I will read to you how you're able to break down a person's individual uh, personality incept them with a completely different uh, personality, we're talking about mind control, and how you can program that subalter to do certain things, trigger responses to do certain things that you want. So we're not talking about remote mind control yet, but we will. And so what happens whenever people are unaware of their actions? What happens whenever they begin to make subconscious actions that are against their own best interest? This is the world we find ourselves in. This is what I say when I ask you, can you blame people because they're following so many fake things? They don't know what reality is. You see. And that was the point. To separate us from the source. You know, a lot of what you guys are going to hear me talk about, it's going to be, I'm not going to lie to you, it's, it's going to be very crazy. But if you really want to know how the story ends, get the Bible. This is why China removed it from their circulation, this is why you gradually see them trying to remove it from American circulation. Remove, get the Bible. I'm telling you. I've, I've, I've been having this revelation lately, and I'm trying to paint a bigger picture for you guys about the ancient, abysmal, and dark evil that we are up against. You know, well, I, I mentioned it in the most recent uh, Fellowship and Freedom episode, how things like the Black Cube of Mecca, how that's the final form of AI, you know, the black mirrors that we have right now, how they're already monoliths. Everything that you guys have heard me ramble about in one way, shape, form, or another, I am trying to compile it in an effective way, step by step, to show you how the surrendering of your will is the very last thing that these people need. And if you do not attach yourself to base reality and figure out who you are, they will program you and usurp you from reality. As you already see them doing with governments, it is some, it is some, techno, techno, some kind of technocratic 
subversive force in the background that is designed to, 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 as I said before in the opening statement, exalt itself above creation. And that's where we find ourselves. And with that being said, let's get into this. So, uh, there was an article that popped up, and don't get too comfortable with me pulling up articles, guys. I'm not going to have a whole lot of those. Uh, this is going to be purely a, a, a notes, video, analysis type of episode. But, a few weeks ago, just last week or so, an article popped up that I really think shows how people are, how, how, how people are programmed and how this is part of the plan. Uh, as I said before with the Kilifoth, how the intention is to bring down IQ, bring down people's awareness uh, and their spirituality. Uh, right here, let me just get in this article and we'll pick it up from there. Uh, social media is making us dumb, angry, and addicted. And this is by Glenn Reynolds of Technocracy News. They put this up July 16th. And the reason I say this is because, again, with the Kilifoth, it's trying to bring, with the, the Kilifoth and the Tree of Death, bringing down your IQ and thus your spiritual awareness so that you're not, you're not able to tap into these things. If Imagine the type of individual you would be if you could control your emotions and turn those into different types of uh, perception capabilities. It's the same type of energy. You just need to redirect it to another aspect of your existence. But uh, let's get into this article right here. It says, social media giants have intentionally rewired the brains of their users in similar ways to drug addicts as the release of dopamine is stoked by certain predictable triggers. Under addiction, behavior is easily modified. A few, year, a few years ago, I noticed that I really enjoyed reading on airplanes and wondered why. After a bit of reflection, I realized that it was because I wasn't distracted by the temptation to check a device every now and then, allowing reading to be the kind of immersive experience I once took for granted. Now I make a point out of now I make a point of semi disconnecting every night, sitting down with a novel and a glass of wine with my computer and phone out of reach. I try to do the same thing when I'm reading for work instead of pleasure. Sitting, setting my, de my devices aside so that I can read deeply and really think about things, but I always struggle and I don't think I'm alone. I'm not suggesting something as simplistic as books is good, internet bad. There's nothing inherently good about books, such as Das Kapital and Mein Kampf are both books by murderous with murderous consequences and books that obviously didn't did nothing to improve the reader's critical thinking abilities, but the capacity for deep reading and deep thinking is a valuable one, and one that is being tossed aside for no particular reason. As Fulford notes, quote, Universities report that students now avoid signing on for classes in the 19th century literature. They realize they can no longer work through Dickens or Charles, Charles or George Eliot. In his classic The System of Freedom of Expression, Yale First Amendment scholar Thomas Emerson wrote, quote, Freedom of expression is an essential process for examining knowledge and discovering truth. An individual who seeks knowledge and truth must hear all sides of the question consider all alternatives, test his judgment by exposing it to the opposition, and make full use of different, of different minds. The kind of deep, wide-ranging, multipolar community debate that Emerson envisioned as a key to our system of freedom of expression is at odds with surface-skimming, tribal catchphrase-based nature of social media. Now, what, what is the author trying to tell you there? What is, what is Glenn Reynolds trying to tell you there? that our language is being reduced. And as I've said before, if your language is being reduced, then what you can talk about is being reduced. And if what you can talk about is being reduced, then what you can think about is being reduced. And if what you think about is being reduced, then your potentiality, your overall potentiality and capabilities are ultimately being reduced. And that's the whole point. 
as I keep trying to reiterate, to bring down your IQ, to make you dumber. I know people don't want to hear these things, and I don't like saying these types of things, but you have to understand that stark warning from this is the world that we find ourselves in. I'm going to play for you guys now a clip of Sean Parker, as, as I did in the previous episode, who confirmed that indeed they were exploiting that vulnerability in human psychology to begin programming people. Here, let's take a listen. One of the founders of Facebook, the site's first president, Sean Parker, is now admitting that Facebook was designed to be addictive, and he's now worried about what that means for our children's brains. ABC's Ariel Reshef is here with the story. Good morning, Ariel. Good morning to you, George. Anyone who uses social media might admit it can be hard to tear yourself away. Now the former head of Facebook says that's exactly what the founders intended. And like the site he helped create this morning, he has our attention. He's the billionaire brainiac who helped launch Facebook otherwise known as the guy Justin Timberlake played in The Social Network. Drop the the, just Facebook. But now, former Facebook president Sean Parker is sounding the alarm about the potentially addictive nature of social media. Like, what is that doing to people's brains? Speaking at an Axios event Wednesday, Parker, who worked with Mark Zuckerberg to develop Facebook with a bombshell claim, saying the site was intentionally built to hook you. That thought process was all about how do we consume as much of your time and conscious attention as possible. It's a social validation feedback loop because you're exploiting a vulnerability in, in human psychology. The 38-year-old mogul admits he, along with other pioneers of social media, knew what they were doing. We understood this consciously and we did it anyway. Facebook estimates it's more than 2 billion users spend about 50 minutes per day on its apps, including Instagram and Messenger. It literally changes your relationship with society, with each other. While the medical community has yet to classify social media as addictive, like alcohol or gambling, one recent study found that participants who appeared to use social media most compulsively showed changes in the part of the brain that controls impulse. It's much more helpful to say, look, we're very vulnerable to this. It acts on us in many ways, in the ways addictive substances will. As for Parker, he now calls himself a conscientious objector to the site he helped create. Will you post on Facebook again? Of course. I'm, no, I post on Facebook all the time. I post on, I, 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 I use these platforms. I just don't, I just don't let these platforms use me. Now, Parker left Facebook go. in 2005 and now runs his own cancer research institute. He says he's now cut back his social media use because it's too much of a time sink. Irony there. We reached out to Facebook for comment. So far, we have not heard back. It does take a lot of time for a lot of people. It Ariel, does. thanks very much. Well, hey there, GMA fans. Robert. Well, that, that's very true. A whole lot of different things there. Uh, the next clip I'm going to play for you guys, too. Again, just to reiterate this type of stuff. Uh, you have Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple, telling you directly that you need to delete, delete your Facebook. We're talking about privacy. So whenever these people are designing technology that's meant to rob you of your privacy and then turn you into like some kind of junkie forward slash slave, what kind of world is that? You see, as the co-founder of Facebook told you right there, of Fedbook, he told you to your face, they know that they're exploiting a vulnerability in human psychology. They know that through that social media, that social validation feedback loop, i.e. likes, shares, anything of that nature, that they can control you. That they can keep you coming back for more. No, and, don't, and don't worry about you know what, what you're giving up, what's going to be on there, who's watching you. That crystal ball that I keep trying to tell you guys about, 
just get on our platform. So I'm going to play for you guys real quick uh, just to get it on record. Steve Wozniak, the ca the, one of the co-founders of Apple, telling you that you need to be careful about using things like Fedbook. With the, the CEO of Instagram about, are our devices listening to us? Like when we, when we talk and you have a private conversation, should we be worried? Um, I, I'm worried about everything. I don't think we can stop it, though. But everything about you, I mean, they can measure your heartbeat with lasers now. They can l listen to you with a lot of devices. Who knows if my cell phone's listening right now. Um, Alexa has already been in the news a lot. So Have you um, I, I worry because you're having conversations that you think are private or think you're to yourself. You're saying words that really shouldn't be listened to because you don't expect it. But there's almost no way to stop it. People think they have a level of privacy they don't. Why don't they give me a choice? Let me pay a certain amount and you'll keep my data you know, more secure and private than everybody else handing it to advertisers. If you post something and I like it, I check, I like, I check, you know, I check your yeah. I like it, but the trouble is my like's not going to you. In my head it is, but my like is going to the advertisers. Should we get rid of Facebook and Instagram or should we just not talk when we're on with the, the C? I think that's a question that everybody should be asking themselves, and I do like the idea uh, of paying for your privacy because that is something that we see happening here in the future. Uh, but let's let's talk about this because we're already in the vein of talking about social media, uh, social engineering, programming, as we said before, you know, exploiting that vulnerability and human psychology, changing your relationship with society, uh, with individuals, messing with things such as impulse control. Let me get into, as I said before, that five-point plan of mass societal programming phases. Here, and, and you guys are, you, I, I intentionally wrote this for someone like myself to read it. It has, it's, 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 in, it's dark comedy, but essentially what we're talking about is being able to program people. So please uh, bear with us, and here we go. Step one, remote hypnosis. If the subject can't tell that they're under a form of hypnosis or actively engaged in some form of in some form of a trance, then immediately they have surrendered both their conscious and subconscious mind, which can be further altered for manipulation. Once the subconscious mind has been accessed, it can be manipulated in a sense where some of its actions or the thoughts are unrecognizable by the individual's conscious state of mind. Step two, MK Ultra. After being induced into the trance-like state via remote hypnosis, the individuals are in a suggestive state where cognizant actions aren't recognizable. Thus, the individual becomes foreign in their own body. Congratulations, you've successfully mind-controlled someone and splintered them from themselves without even knowing. Step 3. Trigger responses. Things like behavioral patterns and pre-programmed responses. You know, orange man bad. Now that the subject has been successfully help rendered helpless through, methods, through the methods mentioned above, the incepted personality has to have some connection to real-time events, i.e. triggers, or some form of activation which calls forth the persona which has been inserted. Music, movies, keywords, phrases, or even ambiguous sentences can act as a form of activation to drop the subject into the trance-like state that was mentioned before. Step 4. Programmed Alters Fractured Personalities Disassociative Identity Disorder Multiple Personality Disorder and Unconscious Personalities Let's all assume that your curiosity didn't subside by producing one incepted personality, and let's also say that you're curious as to how far you're able to splinter a person from themselves. Once you've successfully mastered the, the techniques discussed above, other variations of the programming may yield surprising results. You know, having a male or a female, then having a 12-year-old versus a 30-year-old. They all might, you know, yield 
surprising results. And in conducting these experiments, you've begun to notice immutable similarities between the personalities, the subject, and the experiment itself. Step 5. Cybernetics. Large-scale activation. Once all of the aforementioned practices have been mastered, what would mind control on a massive scale look like? How could you subconsciously program an entire society? Well, you would have to induce the conditions of step one. Get them into a trance. And once you've established that link, you're able to scale up from there. And let me tell you, gang, this is already being deployed on the populace. And I have to talk about that after telling you how you have had your vulnerability, your psychology, exploited. When I tell you that to a degree we've all been programmed, it's true. Even us, over here. But why do I tell you all the time to remain vigilant, to stay vigilant? Because your adversary, the devil, roams about like a lion seeking whom he may devour. And if you're not able to recognize danger, if you're not able to recognize threat, if you're not able to recognize what is someone else's versus what is yours, how will you be able to fight? You see, people don't ask these types of questions. People don't think about how they're being programmed. And I think the easiest way to say it is more of these, I'm always, I need to stop saying this, but we're always talking about the weak-willed people who aren't able to recognize the programming uh, that they're underneath. This is, this goes into the triggered responses that we were talking about, orange mad bad, uh, just react, America sucks, all of these other things that you see happening. It's because these people have personalities inside of them uh, that have been nurtured, and whether or not they take the time to react to it, it is still compounding information, it is still aware. It's a subaltered personality. We are literally in the days of fractured people walking around. You see, this is why mental health is, is a very real issue. You know, later on into the transmission, uh, I have a diagram right here, but later on into the transmission, I'll be talking about how we're operating, you're hearing me in the 1.5 reality, the 1.5 digital world. Uh, and then there's also the base reality and the spiritual world, and there's higher dimensions in, 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 in reality outside of that. But people don't even understand that they're here in base reality. They've removed operating in base reality and only want to operate in that digital world, that facsimile of the real. You see. So what happens whenever you have swaths of people who, who are disassociated from reality and tune into the facsimile, tune into the digital, tune into the image? You see. This is Plato's cave. This is whenever people can begin to be programmed. And so whenever people talk about AI, and this plays a huge part in what we'll talk about in the next segment, when people talk about AI, machine learning, artificial intelligence, uh, uh, and how, how intelligence it is, it really is, I always fire back saying, well, think about how smart we truly are. Think about what we've been able to create. We are trying to, we're, we're trying to give it all over, though. You see, we're giving, we're giving over our individuality, and this ties into the tree of death why they have to bring down the IQ. Because emotional intelligence is a real thing, so is spiritual knowledge. There are so many different dimensions to existing that they are honestly trying to have us operate in the one that they want to create. And I think people have to understand the dangers of this. It's not going to be puppies, kittens, and rainbows. It's going to be a completely different world, as put forth by Google. Look at the reality that Twitter is trying to create with its censored, uh, with, with its censored platforms. Could you imagine a reality where you're able to hook into it just like that? You see, I want to talk real quick about the tree of death. 
to you people so people understand, you know, why we're seeing, why the transgenderism is being, being put out there, why pedophilia is being promoted, why we're seeing uh, a, a, a swath of drugs just being deployed onto the people, why there's diseases popping out of, popping out of nowhere. And why, as you hear me say all the time, to where it doesn't seem like goodness, wholesome, and decency is being promoted. Why they want more decadence and debauchery. You see, that, that is the tree of death. It's more of that wickedness to where we don't take the time to recognize evil. You see, we tolerate it. So it's the, fro- it's, it's the frog in the boiling pot analogy that everybody's already familiar with. You see, what we're talking about to a degree is the left-hand path. And for people who don't know what the left-hand path is, it's just people who are designed to obstruct things. We've entered into a completely different age, you see. It's the inversion of reality, the externalization of the hierarchy. And because so many people have fallen prey to this, ma- this form of mass societal programming that we're undergoing and that we are underneath, as I keep trying to reiterate to you, they are, they, they, they are creating the perfect conditions for something to take them over. Let me talk about this real quick, and I'm, I'm just pulling this up from Google. Uh, this is the Tree of Death, the Kilifoth, the Kilfoth. It refers to Jewish mysticism, which is appeals or shells, the representation of evil or impure spiritual forces. It's the, pol- it's the polar opposite of the Holy Sephiroth. It's the realm of evil is termed Sitra Akra, or the Akra, which is the abyss. And before we enter into the abyss, this world they're trying to take us into, this black cube, the black mirror, we have to willingly accept it. You see, we don't, we get, we don't get the ticket to hell without accepting and wanting it first. And when I tell you guys that something is out there promoting this, 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 this death cult, this surrendering of your will, like, why is it that we always have in, in some kind of mythology and they're promoting this even in Hollywood. Why is it that there is always some kind of alien force or some demonic entity or some extra interdimensional, extra dimensional, whatever you want to call it, something that's always saying, join us, join us, join us, join, join us, join us, join. Why is it always, why does, and, and it's never, never shouts it. It only shouts it whenever you kill, whenever you're trying to exterminate it. But why is there always some kind of external force that's saying, Join us, join us, join us. This is that collective conscious. This is that siren song of technology I keep trying to re- reiterate to you guys. Something is out there telling these people to kill themselves. Kill or convert. That's how technology is. One and zero. Kill or convert. Either kill this person or convert them. If they can't convert you, they're going to kill you. Join us. Or die. And that's what they want. And if they can break you down to where, again, you can't even recognize a threat, you're probably going to join them. You see, again, just to, just to bring it back here into base reality with you guys, uh, that Antifa, domestic terrorist guy that I had mentioned in the previous episode, uh, more like him are going to happen because they have been intentionally radicalized by misinformation. And so these are these weak-willed people. I have to come up with a diagram that shows you guys that the Terminator world that's already been out there it's 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 gradually being created imagine just like a pyramid that is the ai and then imagine tanks drones and all the other uh, uh machines 
designed to protect that AI. Then go down another layer. That's whenever you have the Arnold Schwarzenegger robot style uh, 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 Terminators you see. Then you have the, 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 the builder robots. And so I have to create a whole diagram to show you how there are stages to this. And the 5G, the cell phones, the social media, the social engineering, the technocratic tools used by the elite are part of it. They've already signed over. You see. And so that's why when, when we really get down to this, uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of metaphysical, technological, spiritual, scientific, and sometimes even prophetic stuff. Because this isn't, this isn't a simple matter. You see, the surrendering of the will. The abdication of the human soul. When we talk about freedom, we really have to understand what's going on. We, we, we truly do have to understand what that looks like. I just want to fire through real quick uh, some of the things within the tree of Eve, within the tree of death that mention these types of evil that I don't think people understand. Because as, as we move forward into this future, and this goes back into recognizing, uh, recognizing danger, developing who you are, the side that you've chosen, and just committing, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's going to intensify. So I want to fire through some of these, these types of evil to be aware of because the AI, and let me just run this calculation for you, the AI is going to be beyond smart. If we're giving 1% of ourselves to it every other day, how many people are in the world? 1% to 2%, right? Multiply that 1% to 2% times 8 billion. That, that, that AI has 16 billion percent intelligence uh, from everybody in the entire world. And so we've got to think about what kind of information it's going to know and what kind of world that's going to look like. That is the mark of the beast, you see, because it will be omnipresent. And if people take Elon Musk's brain-to-machine neural, uh, brain-to-machine interface, they will obviously have this image projected into their body. You see, let me get into these types of evils. Whenever I tell you again that evil is evolving, you have to understand your adversary. There's positive evil. Well, what I would consider adversarial evil. Uh, negative evil. You see, evil that just goes on, that they just perpetuate. Uh, necessary evil. I would also consider that in the vein of the adversarial evil. Non-necessary evil, where children die and there's no, there's no understanding of it. These, this is just sometimes how it happens. Dualistic position to evil. A, monas, a monistic position to evil. Evil as the material world. Personal evil. Impersonal evil. And complementary evil. But I, I'm sure you're wondering, what does this type of... Why, why are we talking about evil in relation to technology, mass societal programming, Jewish mysticism, and stuff like this? Because this all talks about decadence, degradation, dehumanization, drugs, alcohol, how we speak, mindfulness, you see. But if people don't take the time to recognize any of these types of things, well, then you're probably a part of the, the masses, the zombies that just continue to consume and destroy, taking more of that poison. You see, because you have to recognize evil in order to exterminate it. If you don't, it will consume you. And that's how the programming works. They're getting us into a position to where we accept evil. I didn't talk a whole lot about neuroplasticity and how all of this works uh, with our thoughts, our actions, and how they're having us be more debased uh, and, 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 and becoming this beast man so they can take us over. 
you see. But you have to understand that essentially what we're discussing in one way, shape, or form is, is just that, is the surrendering of the will. But that's what they need. They don't need thinkers. They don't need people that want to build things. They need useful idiots. They need people who don't think for themselves, who cannot think, that don't want to think, that find it dangerous to do so. They will use that brain power against you. You're, what, what we'll be getting into here in the next segment, uh, you know, techno-fascism, harvesting the mind, using technology to calculate the, quote, known world. You've got to understand that there is so much beauty to you as an individual and to you as a human. And we all know this. But the controlling elite have created a system to harvest your divine energy. These are the, let, let me tell you about the days that we're in, and then we'll take this, this quick break. We are in the days... And this is why I've, I, I always walk around with the Project Stargate, Project Centerlander, Project Sunstreak, and Project Grillflame documents to tell people about the abilities that they have uh, in relation to telepathy, psychokinetic potentiality, psychoenergetic uh, abilities, and so much more. You have telepathy. Heck, we even have the technology to uh, monitor telepathic thoughts and telepathic readings. You see. But they, we even have the technology to stop those telepathic thoughts from reaching the destination of another human being. We have it. But because we are literally at the stage to where we don't even think we have telepathy, we've already defeated ourselves. You see, this is why they're giving us the drugs. This is why they're giving us the alcohol, the sex, the nonsense, the garbage, the horrible art, the things that don't tap into what is divine, what is ethereal, what is the mysterium. When I tell you that people don't want to know God, that people don't want to understand spiritus, the dunamis of the human soul, what do you think that is going to do to society as a whole if no one wants to be divine? If, if, if no one wants to, to really reach into what motivates all of this that we have going on, they, just, they tell you to obey. You've got to understand how mass societal programming is a dangerous thing and what they are pushing is the collective consciousness, the hive mind, the Borg reality. I try to talk to you about the beta Borg that ties in again to the steps that we're in right now, the phases that we're in with the AI, the beta Borg. You've got to learn to resist groupthink in order to survive. And in order to do so, you've got to understand you. You've got to have some hard calls and really truly reflect as to who you are. You know, this segment I wanted to talk about so much more but there's only so much time and so many different examples. Uh, briefly, you know, knowing about who you are, I'll say, I, I know I said we'll take a break after this, but we'll take a break for sure after finishing off this because it's a powerful way to finish it. The pro, full, human. Knowing who you are is a part of all of this because they are trying to rob you of your individuality and rob you of your power. Rob you of your legacy, of your history, of your culture, and who you are, your soul. The pro full human, you guys hear how excited and carry on and almost theatrical I get using these words, the passion I have. Imagine if we were able to channel that passion, as I said before at the start of this transmission, into sense perception, into what I just said with the psychokinetic potentiality. Imagine if we weren't so emotional and reactive and we were able to redirect whatever energy that is into something productive, something beneficial. That's a lot of what the mindfulness practices should be. 
That's what a lot of these things should be teaching, is how to access that deeper part of us so that we can become the necessary versions of ourselves to do the work that's required. Because where we're going, it's not going to be easy. And if we're just reacting to every little news bit that's out there, they've already won. They've already programmed us to accept their external stimuli. We have to begin to develop our own. And this is what I mean by developing new systems, new neurons, new abilities, and new methodologies to deal with this all-encompassing threat. But I'll tell you what, gang, ladies and gentlemen, guys and gals, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of, the, of this episode. Elon Musk unveiling Neuralink. Uh, Regina Dugan, uh, the former head of DARPA, now working with Fedbook to create think-to-text technology, as well as Jordy Rose of D-Wave Quantum Computers. We're going to get really, really weird. Arcana Machina. Really, really understanding techno-sorcery and more. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this.
Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Stay lies and share truth. Freedom Faction, out. We are back from outer space. I just walked in, found you here with that said look upon your face. And I'm a really big, silly nerd. And I don't, I didn't know how to come back in with this. So I just kind of wung it. Wang it. Winged it. Yep. This is your host. This is who you tuned into. <laughs> Thank you uh, for tuning into this segment. You know, I have to add a little bit of levity to the situation uh, because what we always cover on every single show is increasingly becoming intense. And at the end of the day, uh, I'm the kind of guy, as, as, as I was reading that article earlier, um, Glenn Reynolds hearing her talk about getting wine and reading a book and doing stuff like that. It's very true. I do that as well. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to me. Uh, I get like some wine. I go out there. I go water the garden. You know, take care of my plants, read read uh, the Corpus Hermeticum or the Bible, you know, or of magic and alchemy. Unfortunately, I heard this past week that Rosemary Ellen Guiley, the author of so many fantastic books and so many, su- such, a, such a great woman, such a powerful woman, I heard she passed away. Uh, so rest in peace to her, you know, but that's what it's really about, is getting back to the source and getting back to the root of things, of knowledge, of wisdom of truth, of seeking love, understanding God, understanding the nature of reality. You know, AOC, Donald Trump, all these people, I, they are li- all of them are literally designed to incite a level of radicalized ignorance that people don't understand. And because I know we are not having real conversations about deeper, deeper things. And this is why I get so frustrated sometimes having to cover the politics and the news because it is just so mind-numbing. It's a waste of energy, you know, and, 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 and we have, I know we have a lot of stuff going on. It's just, it's, it's all, it's all mush. And if people really get back, really get back to source, read more books, take care of nature, get your hands dirty, go build something, go connect, go, go connect, you know, we wouldn't have all these problems, but because we have all those people that I talked about, talked about before in the previous segment, uh, those, these, these, I need to come up with another term, but these weak-willed people who have been uh, programmed, we have more of them, the meek, shall inherit the earth. And that's why it's important that we still get this out there. So regardless of having an awareness of these truths, it doesn't matter because they're, it, 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 it's because of the people 
who under who want to know this stuff and want to make the decisions in their life that we do this, you know, because I'll say this and then we'll start the segment. <laughs> Rosemary Evelyn Galley, I'm sure, didn't think that she would ever influence somebody like me, but she did what she did what was right and she did what she did, and she's a powerful person for doing so. You know, we've lost Stanton Friedman, Rosemary Ellen Galley, uh, uh, Joe Hagman, uh, Art Bell. We're losing so many of the greats that it just, it really does put a, some, of, it really puts some of this stuff into perspective. It's not a joke, any of this stuff. I try to add the theatrics to it to add a little bit of levity to it. But this isn't a joke. Uh, this truly is the time frame that we are living in. And that's why it, it, it really is not only an honor to be here, but crazy to be doing all of this because it, it, it makes it that much more real. Uh, so with that being said, thank you for tuning into this segment. Uh, we're going to be going over techno-fascism, harvesting the mind, using technology to calculate the, in parentheses, known world. Arcana machina. It's a techno-sorcery. This is something I'm sure you guys are, for, for our hardcore listeners, I'm sure you're familiar with me always referencing this. Techno-sorcery. Technophobic, you know, we're going to be getting into Elon Musk, uh, sacred geometry, numerology, the simulation hypothesis, the electric universe, the Mandela effect, timelines, parallel realms, mirror universes, stuff like this. Why, why is all of this stuff coming out now? Why is it so important? You see, as I keep trying to tell you good people, we are the vector points for some pretty, pretty crazy stuff, and it can't get here unless it uses us. So, we're going to listen to Elon Musk talk about uh, his, his Neuralink product, his Neuralink presentation, and we'll comment on it afterwards. That's the simplest way to say it. Uh, this, this is basically what's, what sparked this entire presentation, if you guys want the truth. I, I saw it. I saw the presentation. I... Um, saw that really people didn't talk about it in the context that I feel like it needed to be talked about. Uh, what we're essentially talking about, if you ask me, is, again, the abdication of our existence, who we are as a people, the matrix, let's just call it for what it is, building the matrix, the autonomous society, giving over uh, our individuality, giving over freedom, giving over our soul, you see. And I know this all sounds like fantastic stuff, but you've just got to understand the layers at, at, at which all of this works. Um, if you guys have been, if you guys haven't watched it, or you've been living underneath a rock, uh, there's this show out there on Netflix called Black Mirror, and in the episode titled San Junipero, they cover this to the nth degree. And what that essentially is is uh, uh, servers, Google servers, machine servers, computer servers that house human souls, and that's all I could think about when hearing about all this. Uh, but with that being said, let's listen to Elon Musk giving his presentation on uh, his new product, the Neuralink. So that, uh, that video was uh, not Shutterstock. That was actually uh, Neuralink. <laughs> so uh, that, that, that's actual video from the company. So if you want to get a sense for what it's like to work at Neuralink, that video is indicative of the atmosphere of, of Neuralink. Uh, it's an incredibly talented team, and you're going to hear a lot from, from them tonight. Um, so we're going to actually go quite into depth on w what we're doing, why we're doing, how we're doing it. Um, and uh, I'm just incredibly impressed with uh, the, the caliber of, uh, 
of, of talent at Neuralink. And uh, the, in fact, the, the main reason for doing this presentation is recruiting. Um, and this will be a slow process where we will gradually increase the um, issues that we solve until ultimately we can do a full uh, brain-machine interface. Yeah, this is going to sound pretty weird, but um, achieve a sort of symbiosis with artificial intelligence. But I think with um, a high bandwidth brain-machine interface, I think we can actually go along for the ride. Um, and we can effectively have the option of merging with AI. This is extremely important. Most of nearly 100 billion cells called neurons. Neurons come in many complex shapes, but generally they have a dendritic arbor, a cell body called a soma, and an axon. The neurons of your brain connect to form a large network through axon-dendrite junctions called synapses. At these connection points, neurons communicate with each other using chemical signals called neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitters are released from the end of an axon in response to an electrical spike called an action potential. When a cell receives enough of the right kind of neurotransmitter input, a chain reaction is triggered that causes an action potential to fire and the neuron to in turn relay messages to its own downstream synapses. Action potentials produce an electric field that spreads from the neuron and can be detected by placing electrodes nearby, allowing recording of the information represented by a neuron. Our goal is to record from and stimulate um, spikes in neurons and, and do so in a way that is uh, orders of magnitude um, more than anything that's been done to date and uh, safe and um, Good enough that you can, it's, it's not like a major operation. It's, it's sort of equivalent to, to sort of a LASIK type of thing. So this is in contrast to um, the, the best FDA approved system, which is like a, a Parkinson's deep brain simulation thing, which would have on the order of, of 10 electrodes. So um, the system, even in version one that we're uh, going to unveil today, is capable of, of a thousand times more uh, electrodes than the, uh, the the best system out there, and they're all read and write. So this is this is really quite. I think, I mean, for something to be a thousand times more than what is publicly approved is quite a big difference. Um, so th there's there's very tiny threads that are about um, about a tenth roughly of the cross-sectional area of a, of a human hair. So they're extremely tiny threads. In fact, the, the threads that uh, we, we have, like I said, even in version one, are, are about the same size as a neuron. So if you're going to go stick something in your brain, you, you, you want it to not be giant, uh, you want it to be tiny, um, and to be approximately on par with the things that are already there, the, the neurons. You, you really need this to be done with a robot, because it's very tiny and it needs to be very precise. So you don't, and you don't want to pierce a blood vessel. So when you so each thread, the, the robot looks looks sort of basically through a microscope and puts a put, inserts each electrode specifically, um, bypassing uh, any vasculature, uh, you know, any, any kind of like blood vessel, um, uh, and and making sure that it can be inserted without causing trauma uh, or minimal trauma. So just to give you a sense of scale. 
This is how tiny the threads are. Uh, that is not even a big finger. That is a small finger. Um, so the, there's a, these threads are just like, like I said, way, way smaller than a hair. Um, and there's a thousand of them. And this is what, what the robot looks like. Um, it's, it's sort of a, quite, quite a complex device, but it, yeah. uh, it, it all comes down to a very tiny, tiny point. Audio listeners, you can't see this, but it looks like a crazy so just, uh, robot just like, from like the Matrix the with robot, all kinds of little pincers and things. Robot on the left, and um, and then the um, what looks like the needles for insertion next to a penny, but in fact the, the the actual needle that gets inserted is way way tinier. It's that little tiny thing at the where the arrow is pointing. That's actually the size of the the needle. It's about 24 microns in diameter. Uh, it's, it's so small you can't really even see it. With I would definitely recommend you guys go look at the full... Oh, wow, there he is. There, there's the video. I would definitely recommend for you guys to go look at the full video uh, because there's a lot of revealing and detailed information uh, that's coming out regarding this. Right now, you know, they're playing the video of, of the threads being inserted into the brain. Look at that, boosh. Use that little robot to put those those threads in there. Now, that is crazy to me. That is dangerous to me. Now, why are we talking about Elon Musk's Neuralink? So many different things there. Uh, using 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 robots and minimal trauma for non-invasive surgery, for not really, really invasive surgery, uh, to put chips in your head, to put wires in your head. And as he said right now, it's read and write. So you can, he can, they can read the information and also put information in there. And more of that's going to actually... We're going to see about how all that develops in the future. I'm telling you, it's going to be a very, very interesting future uh, that we're going into. So just just think about that. They want to be able to mimic the human body using these different types of threads, using these different types of technology. This is the craziest part about it all. We are the most advanced machine, the most advanced computer on the world, and they'll tell you that there's no creator to us. But this is another thing that I find so crazy. The idea that we're, we're about to essentially just be taken over by computers. You know, look at how much effort you put into your, your, your social media page. Could you imagine having to jack in to the matrix to work on your uh, virtual world profile? Your second life? You see, a few months ago, possibly even like almost a year ago, Elon Musk warned about an immortal dictator from which we could never escape. And I thought that was so telltale. It's 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 just mind numbing to me because here we have Elon Musk going on Joe Rogan, telling us about the dangers of AI just for him to create something of its own, for him to create his own interface uh, with AI. His reasoning behind that was, well, if you can't beat them, join them. You see, like really, really think about that, and not only. His idea behind creating his own brain-machine interface, because Mark Zuckerberg is working on one as well. We'll play for you, uh, Regina Dugan, here shortly after this. Uh, but the whole idea behind this, behind creating the, 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 the neural lace, is so that we could interface with AI before AI develops something to interface with us. And I, I, I say that because, well, they already are working on something, you see. It is already becoming uh, conscious and sentient in its own right. And because we don't necessarily have our own means to defend ourselves against it, 
well, it's about to come for us. So Elon Musk decided to do just that, to create something so that we wouldn't have to accept what was being given to us. Uh, and, and it sounds even crazier, this next thing I'm, I'm about to say, but I can only say it because we're, we're, we're covering this. AI has already, like, developed its own vaccine. I kid you not. It has already developed its own uh, vaccine. And I debated whether or not I wanted to insert that into this episode uh, because my, my thought behind that was, well, what if they could create a vaccine that could alter your alter your 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 biochemistry to where you're more susceptible to programming, uh, to where you're you're more willing to accept the chip. Like I'm, I, I really wasn't sure where to go from there because this is where we're at now. We have AI running everything, and they want to just give a, give it our brain power. You see. So when you have Elon Musk doing these types of things, for someone like myself, I guess I just start, my, my brain, I just start running through all the different types of calculations as to what that could mean. You see, and then he, the, and, the, and I think this is just important too. The reason Elon Musk gets thrown out there to the public is because everybody likes him. He did all the right things right off the bat, made everybody, you know, like him electric cars, spaceships, super cool stuff. But I also don't think a lot of people understand how how the wizardry that Elon Musk and others are engaged in, how it all works. And they have to tell you in order for it to have twice the effect. And when Elon Musk went on Joe Rogan's podcast to tell them, fear, using fear about just that, about the AI takeover, he knew what he was doing. He realized that if I can prepare, if I can prepare the population, I can get a certain part of the population to accept the chip, to accept my chip, and then we'll be good. You see. And this is the type of stuff that I don't think a lot of people think about. And that's why when we have these types of conversations, we have to get to truly the depths of it. You see? Here, uh, we put this up back in April. We're going to get this up for you. Uh, I think uh, it is an audio video, but I'll, I'll, I'll read the, uh, the captions for you. It says, Elon Musk warns AI could create an immortal dictator from which we could never escape. And this was put up by uh, Ricky Scaparo of End Time Headlines. They put this up April 10th. It says, Super Intelligence. A form of artificial intelligence smarter than humans could create an immortal dictator, billionaire entrepreneur Elon Musk warned. In a documentary by American filmmaker Chris Payne, Musk said that the development of superintelligence by a computer or other organization of people could result in a form of AI that governs the world. This is what he means by the AI godhead, right? The AI uh, uh, god. This will, be da- this will be Satan. Satan is truly the embodiment of of spiritual arrogance and pride. And if that's pride comes before the fall, if that's all we think knowledge is, artificial intelligence, if that's not real intelligence, that's not wisdom, that's not knowledge. You see, it truly is uh, spiritual arrogance. It is pride incarnate. Uh, but continuing on, it says, quote, the least scary future I can think of is one where we have a least democratized AI because if one company or a small group of people manages to develop godlike digital superintelligence, they could take over the world. Musk said, quote, at least when there's an evil dictator, the human is going to die. But for an AI, there would be no death. 
it would live forever, and then you'd have an immortal dictator from which we can never escape. The documentary by Payne examines a number of examples of AI, including autonomous weapons, Wall Street, uh, Wall Street technology, and algorithms driving fake news. It also draws from cultural experiences or cultural examples of AI, such as the 1999 film The Matrix and the 2016 film Ex Machina. Musk cited Google's DeepMind as an example of a company looking to develop superintelligence. In 2016, AlphaGo, a program developed by the company, beat champion Lee C. Doe at the board game Go. It was seen as a major achievement in the development of AI after IBM's Deep Blue computer defeated, defeated uh, chess, camp chess champion, champion Gary Kasparov in 1997. Musk said, quote, The DeepMind system can win in any game. It can already beat all the original Atari games. Uh, it is superhuman. It, all, it, all, it plays all the games at super speed in less than a minute. The Tesla and CEO, and SpaceX CEO, said that artificial intelligence, quote, doesn't have to be evil to destroy humanity. Quote, if AI has a goal and humanity just happens to be in the way, it will destroy humanity as a matter of course without even thinking about it. No hard feelings, Musk said. Quote, it's just like if we're building a road in an anthill just happens to be in the way. We don't hate ants, we're just building a road. And so, goodbye, Ant Hill. And that's what I mean by techno-sorcery. Where we find ourselves at now, we're creating something, pulling something out of the genie's bottle just for, us to put, just for it to put us back in. That'll play a huge part uh, in what we talk about in the coming segment, the coming, the coming segment and, and the rest of this one, uh, about how what we're creating, things like the black cube of Mecca, is that truly this? Are, are we already living in a time period to where we're creating our downfall? You see, well, before we get into some of that goodness, I want to play for you guys a quick clip of Facebook's uh, head of building eight, Regina Dugan, talking about your brain, neurons, and why it's important to really try to guard your thoughts these days or into the coming future. These people have the technology to harvest your mind, take from it the thoughts, and then translate it. As I mentioned in the previous segment, uh, having a, the ability to, to monitor telepathy and monitor psychokinetic energy, uh, these people have the ability to monitor your thoughts, to take them from your brain, you see, and then put them and make them public. But here, uh, this is retired head of DARPA, now the head of, well, now she's not retired, but former head of DARPA, now the head of uh, Facebook's Building 8, Regina Dugan, talking about think-to-text technology. Let's listen. The bandwidth equivalent of a 1980s dial-up modem. So, here's what we have. Four HD movies per second streaming over a 1980s dial-up modem. Speech is essentially a compression algorithm and a lossy one at that. So, what if you could type directly from your brain. Think of it more like this. You take many photos, you choose to share some of them. Similarly, you have many thoughts, you choose to share some of them. We're talking about decoding those words, the ones you've already decided to share by sending them to the speech center of your brain. A silent speech interface one with all the speed and flexibility of voice, but with the privacy of typed text. Now, 
Marc Chevalet is the lead for this effort. He's a physicist neuroscientist, and six months ago, he had the idea that this might be possible. Today, we've assembled a team of more than 60 scientists, engineers, and system integrators. They specialize in machine learning methods for decoding speech and language, in optical neuroimaging systems that push the limits of spatial resolution, in the most advanced neural prosthetics in the world. And we're just getting started. Together, we have a goal of creating a system capable of typing. 100 words per minute, five times faster than you can type on your smartphone, straight from your brain. That、uh, creep you out a little bit? Did that、uh, paint that picture? I'm trying to tell you. Maybe, maybe she's working with Elon, because you know DARPA. Let's suppose that you're writing a really important. You you know DARPA、uh, is working with Elon as well to develop its own. Brain-machine interface, like it's all one big group, and you're not in it, as said by George Carlin.、Uh, but putting that type of stuff out there, think to text technology, face FedBook being involved in this type of stuff, FedBook, DARPA, all this type of stuff, really try to understand the brain-to-machine interface reality we're we're moving into. They understand that because we're hitting a somewhat critical mass with smartphones, they need to start developing. The new device. Well, there's no, no, there's no new device other than yourself. You see, they have to figure out how to hijack、uh, reality, how to hijack what is normal. You see, we don't get into things like sacred, sacred geometry and numerology, astrology, astronomy, cosmology, and chronology and stuff like that. But when we're when we're beginning to talk about what we're talking about these days, running calculations, quantum computers. Artificial intelligence, machine learning,、uh, hijacking the natural human frequency using technology. We have to, the, and and this might be something we do more so in the future. We haven't prepared it for this one, but essentially what I'm trying to tell you guys is that all of the computers and all of the AI, some of them being public and some of them being private, some of them are being all ran and cal and and being used to calculate. What I said before at the start of this transmission: the quote known world, the information that's available, you see, and because of where we're going to go into the future, they have to develop even more advanced systems. I ask you guys, I, I, I joke about this all the time. You know,、uh, who could come up with the formula for the wind? You know, who could calculate the speed at which the ocean moves? Because it's always moving. You know. Who 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 could calculate a wind breeze or or trees or things like this? Well, with enough quantum computers and with enough people thinking, and 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 this is where you've got to use your brain. You've got to think. Computers and brains are two different computational systems that can yield surprising results. And if they can get both factors, both vector points, the brains and the machines working on the same problem, it'll be done twice as fast with a completely different. Uh, perspectives, you see. What I'm trying to tell you is, they're going to conscript our minds to try to hijack us out of this reality. That's the whole point. That's why these people are always saying, "Is this the real world?" We don't know. Elon Musk is always talking about the simulation、uh, theory. Who do we is、uh, with a holographic universe? Are we living in some sort of、uh, advanced 
video game, some kind of advanced virtual reality world where we're just being projected into these bodies. Again, they we are the most advanced machine on the planet and they will tell you that we have no creator. And so that's how this deception works, you see? That's that's how that how it works. Yes, our consciousness is being projected into our bodies. Yes, this is a simulation of the spiritual world. But no. <laughs> no, this didn't happen by accident. This did actually take place here this is this is why this is so perfect let me get into this article uh, right here this is by Jeffrey Grider of now the end begins they put this up April 11th literally a day after it says MIT scientist Rizwan Verk writes a book called the simulation hypothesis which says we are all living in an artificial simulated world much like the matrix the basic idea that everything we see around us including the earth and the universe is part of a very sophisticated MMORPG, or a massive multiplayer online role-playing game, and that we are the players in this game. So, b b before I continue on with this, because I'm pretty sure people inherently already understand what that is, why do you think they're putting this type of information out there? It's to get you to, to, it's to, get you to want to disassociate and to escape from reality. We, 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 we see it all the time. Uh, people aren't addicted to drugs, they're addicted to escaping reality. Technopharmacaea, techno-sorcery. What happens whenever technology becomes the thing that escapes us from reality? What happens whenever technology is trying to escape its reality and uses us as the vector point? You see, but these are the types of things that people need to think about. Let's get back into this. Continuing on, it says, Chances are you haven't heard of something called the simulation hypothesis. But this is a very hot topic among some of the leading technological minds of our day. It states that we are actually living in a massive simulation or a massive simulated virtual reality, much like the movie The Matrix. Before you dismiss this out of hand, think about this. Quote, Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do not appear. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. When God created our world and our entire universe, he did so by speaking it into existence from nothing. Everything that we can see, feel, taste, and touch are products from the imagination of the mind of God. To us, they are fixed and real, and yet to him, they are not. Remember how Jesus uh, walked on the top of water without sinking? Impossible for us, but a complete violation for... Uh, it was impossible for us, a complete violation of the laws of physics, or how he turned water into wine by commanding it to be so. Even with all of our advanced technology, this, were, this remains a feat we will never accomplish. Quote, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in, in the which the heavens shall pass away with the great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be turned up. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 10 and 13. The Bible says that God one day will destroy this world by fire, and then remake it just by speaking it to be so. God has full control over everything. And, oh, sorry. God has con full control over everything in the universe and is able to alter it at any time into anything he desires it to be. That is the very definition of a simulation. And that is exactly how our video games, like Fortnite, operate. Now, before I continue on with this article, think about this. We, we, we already have a base understanding of what we think of as... Uh, as artificial reality, of being able to project ourselves into another existence. You see, I had to lead into this after talking about things like the brain and machine 
interface because we have to understand what's going on with that. Why would these people want to take our minds? What, 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 what would be the point of this, you see? Why would they want to... Why would they want to take our brains? What is the purpose of trying to hack this world, hack this realm? You see, this is another fantastic article that uh, that's along the same vein of thinking. Why would they want to hack our brain? And this wasn't predicted, but check this out. Scientists predict a matrix-style internet of thoughts within years. They want to be able to hack our brains, read our thoughts, as I said before in the previous segment, to bring us down to a general IQ level so that they can have a internet of thoughts. We put this up April 16th. It's by Sean Adetalabi of Your Newswire. It says, a matrix-style connection between human brains and the Internet could become a reality within decades, according to a new research by neuroscientists and nanorobotics researchers. The end goal of such technology would be humans downloading information into their brains, enhancing not only the physical capabilities and intelligence, but could also, quote, revolutionize democracy and enhance empathy and ultimately unite culturally diverse groups into a truly global society. RT.com reports, according to a team's estimation, existence, or an estimation existing supercomputers already have the processing speed and power to handle the volume of data to support a brain cloud interface, a BCI, not B BMI, BCI, BCI, brain to cloud interface. Uh, and they're improving all the time. The technological bottleneck exists, for now at least, in the development of a brain interface. That would be where, breakthrough th break where breakthroughs in nanorobotics, or more specifically, neural nanorobotics, would come into place. Quote, these devices would navigate the human vascular across uh, the blood-brain barrier and precisely auto-position themselves among or even within brain cells, says senior author and nanotechnology researcher Ro uh, Robert Friedis Jr. from the Institute of Molecular Manufacturing in California. Quote, they would then wirelessly transmit encoded information to and from a cloud-based supercomputer network uh, for real-time brain state monitoring and data extraction. The team also points to recent advances such as 2018's BrainNet, which we did a report on, uh, which allowed three human players to interact with each other and play a video game with only their thoughts. Though somewhat primitive in relation to their lofty predictions, the researchers feel the, that such advances could lead to, quote, the future creation of superbrains that can harness the thoughts of thinking power of any number of humans and machines in real time. That's right. They want to be able to, to, to turn you into the collective consciousness. They want to be able to harvest your mind. Take it from you. You see. An internet of thoughts. A brain to cloud interface think about that not brain to not brain to machine but brain to cloud where you're able to pull from the not the information of you know your phone or Google or, or your your local server but from the cloud that is the collective consciousness in its definition on its face so so I just want to put this out there because now we're going to start talking about things like uh, the Mandela effect, timeline, CERN, dimensions, parallel realms, things of this nature. What, what would that look like? Having a collective consciousness, a bunch of people who, who are all wired together, all hopped up on something, trying to disassociate from reality, 
telling you, as I said before in the previous segment, to join us. Join us. Join us. Join us. Join us. Join us. You won't ever have to think again. You won't ever have to feel anymore. Join us. That's all they want. All it requires is that you abdicate your individuality. You see? And it starts with things like social media. It starts on what it starts with wanting to be on the same side of this of, of whatever this energy and this entity is. You see. Join us. Join us. Join us. But why would why would something want to hijack our brains and what would happen once it did it would it would try to make the conditions appropriate for it to manifest manifest itself fully. You know, earlier this week, whenever I did that mini cast with you guys, uh, where I talked about the neural takeover, I had made a mention to uh, the mind flare, which is a D and D, another, another Dungeons and Dragons MMO RPG uh, fantasy world reference. Uh, it's also in, it's also featured in the TV show or the Netflix series um, Stranger Things. And they they do a good job explaining it. The Mind Flare essentially is an interdimensional or extra-dimensional entity that harvests the minds of hopeless slaves to carry out its bidding so that the hopeless slaves can build the bridge so that the Mind Flare can come in, come into the reality, come into the, into their world. So whenever, so again, just imagine that. Imagine people who, the same way that, that they go to Starbucks, they just have a whole bunch of USBs in their heads or they have their heads shaved on the side or, you know, they, they have the chip in them. And you can just tell, yeah, they're communicating, but they're not communicating, operating here in base reality. They're operating in the 1.5 reality, you see. And so since we're moving into the 1.5 and, and, and we begin to talk about the spiritual world and how that plays a huge part in this, really, truly think about what that looks like. What other and, 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 and the reason I'm trying to tell you guys to think in a completely different context and to assume a different perception, dimensional perception, is because there is a whole other a whole other world out there of knowledge that we are unfamiliar with. A whole other existence. People are familiar with things like the multiverse, uh, uh, the multiverse theory, multi the multidimensional being theory and things like this, to where there's constant realities being created due to your choices. Right. Even if that were the case, then that means that there is a whole nother existence right there waiting to be born with its own set of good, bad and evil. What I'm really trying to say uh, is that through my own studies, I know that there are demons in spectrums of light and that whenever these people are engaging with the 1.5 digital world that they'll be engaging with, they open themselves up for the spiritual world to take them over. This is why when you talk about things such as yoga and meditation, uh, people Im immediately say it's demonic because you're putting yourself outside of your body. Uh, like astral projection, you're, 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 you're blissing out. You're tuning into Zen, right? Your, your, your body is open. Well, what would be the same thing if all you're doing is staying attached to Facebook all day? You would be in that trance state that I mentioned before. So easily something could come in and take you over. Something could come in and possess you. And let me tell you, gang, possessions are up. Uh, but let me get into this little meme, this spicy meme I made uh, the other day. It says that physicists are searching for a mirror universe. They're trying to open a hole into a no into a into a mirror universe. So we're not talking about CERN, believe it or not. 
Uh, we're talking about the Oak Ridge National Laboratory in eastern Tennessee trying to poke a hole into a mirror universe. And so we've, we, 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 we end up talking about this all the time, and that's something I find funny as well. Uh, I'll see if I can get that other article up for you guys. It's of, uh, uh, it's of the mirror universe, but it's also of people at... It's the University of Chicago working on things like the Higgs boson, trying to figure out uh, how, it could be, how, how this type of information could be tied into the, bar, to the dark world. Right here, boom. Uh, University of Chicago, CERN, Stargate's Higgs boson discovery could be tied with portal to the dark world. Uh, large Hadron scientists reveal a new plan to trap dark matter and says that the Higgs boson may be a portal to the dark world. So what happens when this is the world that we find ourselves in? beginning to discover mirror realities, mirror universes, living alongside us. I'm always trying to explain to you uh, the demonic hierarchy, you know, the realms of spirits that are out there, the legion of demons. But what happens when we just start poking the bear, poking something, and we don't know what's on the other side. But here, let me get into this article. We put this up July 5th. It's by Paul Seaburn of Mysterious Universe. It says, if the mirror universe exists, upcoming experiments involving subatomic particles could reveal it. At Oat Ridge National Laboratory in eastern Tennessee, physicist Leia Broussard is trying to open a portal to a parallel universe. She calls it an oscillation that would lead her to a mirror to mirror matter. But the idea is fundamentally the same. In a series of experiments she plans to, to run at Oak Ridge this summer, Broussard will send a beam of subatomic particles down a 50-foot tunnel past a, powerful, uh, past a powerful magnet and into an impenetrable wall. If the setup is just right and, the, and if the universe cooperates, some of those particles will transform into mirror image versions of themselves, allowing them to tunnel right through the wall. And if that happens, Broussard will have uncovered the first evidence of a mirror world right alongside our, right alongside our own. It's pretty wacky, Broussard says, of her mind-bending exploration. The mirror world, assuming it exists, would have its own laws of mirror physics and its own mirror history. You would find a mirror version of yourself there. But the current theory, all, uh, the current theory allows that you might find mirror atoms and mirror rocks, maybe even mirror planets and stars. Collectively, they could form an entire shadow world, just as real as our own, but almost completely cut off from us. Roussard says her initial search for the mirror world would be especially difficult. Quote, this is a pretty straightforward experiment that we have cobbled together with parts we found lying around, using equipment and resources we already had available at Oak Ridge, she says. But if she unequivocally detects an even a single mirror particle, it would prove that the visible universe is only half of what is out there, and that the known laws of physics are only half as much broader, only a half of a much broader set of rules. Quote, if you discover something like that, the whole game changes. And that was said by Leah Broussard. Now this next article I'm going to get into is talking about this particle, the mirror particle that she's using. It's not talking about the specific particle that she's using, but it's it's getting down to that particle level, looking at things like the Higgs boson, the the the, the dark world, how this energy, what we're tied into, how it has a whole nother existence, a whole nother state, and if there can be another you, well, do you have to have a body? What I'm trying to tell you guys is that we are really opening up Pandora's box, trying to understand the metaphysical, and these days because we are using science and technology, advanced machines to calculate these types of things they will discover it 
I've played for you guys the clip before, you know, where they, they, they realized that with the Higgs boson, that's the glue of, that's the matter. That's the glue that's binding everything together. So if they're trying to reach into the whole other, a whole other reality, a whole other universe, what does this look like? I'm trying to paint for you a picture of what could come bleeding through, what type of information could find itself made manifest here. And, and I, I just want to say this too, really quick. If you guys haven't, uh, please do so. If you guys haven't, go to our website and go go to the podcast tab and go listen to parts one through four that I did with Adam Nix and J.C. Abbott of the Wayfinder Podcast, uh, Journeys of the Psychonauts. And in that actual series, fantastic stuff, awesome guys. Uh, and, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do a series like this. In that actual series, we talk about the importance of working interdimensional, extra-dimensional knowledge into this real world. When I'm breaking, and this will play a huge part in uh, what we talk about in the next segment as well, when I'm breaking down uh, why people are using psychedelics, hallucinogens, and so much more to manipulate your thinking to create the conditions necessary for, for demons to come in to fill you with, with uh, forbidden knowledge, with dark knowledge, with occultic knowledge, it's because they are trying to, again, create the conditions so that they can bring them here. There is something on the other side of the veil. The fact that we even understand that there's a veil, that's powerful in itself. There is something on the other side of the veil, and it is trying to create a, a, a condition to work here. So I'll put that link in the description bar below uh, for, for the, the Journeys of the Psychonauts that we did with, with Adam Nix and J.C. Abbott of the Wayfinder podcast. But let's get into this article right here uh, from Skywatch TV, and then I'll play for you guys a clip of Jordy Rose of D-Wave Computers talking about how they know with computers, with quantum computers, how they're reaching into a whole nother universe to pull that information out. Uh, but let's get into this article. It's from Skywatch News. We put this up April 25th. It says, now that they've identified the Higgs boson, scientists at the Large Hadron Collider have set their sights on an even more elusive target. All around us is dark matter and dark energy, the invisible stuff that binds the galaxy together. But which no one has been able to directly detect. Quote, we know for sure there's a dark world and there's more energy in it than there is ours, said Lian Taowang, a University of Chicago professor of physics who studies how to find signals in large particle accelerators like the LHC. Wang, along with other scientists from the University and UChicago-affiliated Fermilab, think that they may be able to lead us to its tracks. In a paper published April 3rd in Physical Review Letters, they laid out an innovative method for stalking dark matter in the LHC by exploiting a potential part particle's slightly slower speed. While, while the dark world makes up more than 95% of the universe, scientists only know it exists from its effects. Like a poltergeist, you can only see when it pushes something off of a shelf. For example, we know there's dark matter because we can see gravity acting on it. It helps keep our it helps keep our galaxies from flying apart. Now hold on before before I finish reading the rest of that article, because this will play into what I talk about in the next segment. Again, creating the conditions for these people to be here. You have to understand that when I talk about these Satanists, these are just like trendy people. These are just like the the these these are the antifa of like the occultists, right? These are just the the shock troops, the the darker ancient evil that these people worship it, it, it is it's been passed down from generations to generation people know about things like uh, Molech they know about the cremation of care 
you know, heck, I should play for you guys the, the God the Tunnel ritual that took place back in 2016. That was them telling you that they were going to usher in, using things like CERN, all the demons. The, the dark, abysmal energy that these people worship, that black cube, I'm telling you, it comes from a different time. It, the, we're, we're talking primordial evil, prehistorical evil. When you're, and you're not going to find this type of stuff on, on, on the internet. You're not going to find this type of stuff in a lot of places these days. You're going to have to find, find it in a book that's going to mention it inside of a book that's going to mention it inside of another book to where that book mentioned it from a, from a tale that was passed down. These people worship the darkest of the dark. These, when I tell you that these people feel like they have a right to rule, it says in the Bible, before 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 anything there was darkness and then God spoke let there be light and then he separated the darkness from the light these people represent that dark they 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 worship that darkness that was there before the light that's why they feel like they have a right to rule us because they feel like they were here first we always hear about we always hear about uh Eve Adam and Eve creating man creating humanity we never hear about Adam and Lilith we never hear about what Lilith Adam, Adam's first wife, how she's supposed to be the embodiment of everything that Adam can't control and how all she does is work in the darkness. What these people seek after is what they understand. That's why with, with, with Operation Degradation, uh, the Tree of Death, the Kilifoth, bringing down the general, IQ awareness, the general IQ of people and the spiritual awareness that they have is because they want to keep us dumb and dumbed down. God made us in his image. We are meant to be creators, creator with little g gods. That's what we're supposed to be doing. They want to turn us into the beasts that they're familiar with. And in order to do so, they've got to start bringing down the standards, bringing down the spirit, bringing down the light, smothering it in us. You see. Here, let me, let me, let me get back into this article to break this down so I can play for you this, this next clip of Jordy Rose talking about reaching into other worlds and pulling this information. Uh, but continuing on, it says, Theorists think there's one particular kind of dark particle that only occasionally interacts with normal matter. It would be heavier and longer lived than other known particles with a lifetime of up to one-tenth of a second. A few times in a decade, a few times in a decade, re researchers believe this particle can get caught up in the collision of protons that the LHC is constantly creating and measuring. Quote, One particularly interesting possibility is that these long-lived dark particles are coupled to the Higgs boson in some fashion, that the Higgs boson is actually part of, is it actually a portal to the dark world, said Wang, referring to the last holdout particle in the part in the physicist's grand theory of how the universe works, discovered at the LHC in 2002. Quote, it's possible that the Higgs could actually decay into these long-lived particles. The only problem is sorting out these events from the rest. There are more than a billion collisions per second in the 27-kilometer LHC, and each one since, since, subatomic shafts spraying in all directions so essentially they're just trying to figure out how to quantify all the things how to how do you quantify spiritus and that's what i mean by getting the quantum computers getting the information that's necessary so that they can run those formulas so that they can run the run that code to figure it out how do you turn physical into the spiritual and then reverse it manifest the spiritual from the material you see but this is where we find ourselves. Uh, but this next clip I'm going to play for you guys is of Jordy Rose appearing on a panel with a number of people. 
the founder of D-Wave, believing that quantum computers can be used to exploit a parallel reality. Fantastic stuff. And I'll put this link in the description bar below. Uh, but here is Jordy Rose talking about quantum computing and artificial intelligence and parallel worlds. You may consider this next group of speakers somewhat unusual, if not to say strange. Uh, we, have, we have the creator of what is the world's first quantum computer, in person here from Burnaby, D.C. We have the president of the super high-tech company that makes Canada's iconic Canada arm, but whose hobby it is to try and reconcile modern science with the Bible. And we have a filmmaker from Los Angeles who has stumbled on what appears to be evidence of life after death. And, and my thought in putting together this somewhat improbable combination of speakers was that out there where the theory of the very large and the very small connect, and out there where our 13.7 billion year old and expanding universe touches the void, you come upon mystery and the possibility of God. That was my thinking. So let's begin with Jordy. Jordy. Jordy, I... Yeah, I, I don't understand much about quantum computing except that it's supposed to be the next big thing. Um, in power and in speed and, and that you are the only company in the world now actually making one. Well, hopefully after this 17 minutes, you'll understand what they are and be excited about what you might be able to use them for. These are really big deals. They come in at about 15 or $20 million a piece. Something like that. And have been bought by major American research and corporations. That's right, correct. All right, Jordy. Thank you. Bye, everybody. So quantum computing is a very technical subject, and I'm not going to talk a lot about the specific details, of which I'm glad, you're sure you're glad. Um, but I'm going to try to give you an idea about what the kind of thing is that we build and why people are so excited about it. But I'm going to wrap that story in another story. How many of you have children? Let's see, hands. So it's almost everybody. So I have, I have three children. The youngest is four, the oldest is eight, and they're very different, but they share one thing in common, and the parents in the audience may, uh, I suspect, have noticed the same thing. Each of my children has fixated on a particular stuffed animal as being their special friend or toy. And in particular, my middle son, James, absolutely loves this little guy called Bear Bear, which is the picture that I'm showing up here. Bear Bear was a limited release uh, Thai beanie baby, and there aren't very many of them that were made of his particular form. And one uh, Christmas, I decided that it would be insurance policy to go and try to buy some more just in case something happened to Bear Bear. So I went on the internet and uh, did a search, and I was only able to locate two others that were for sale, and I bought both of them. 
So now he has uh, three of these little guys. But the reason that it occurred to me that this might be a good place to start is a conversation that I had with him last week. He wanted to sleep with his older brother in his bedroom, and his older brother wouldn't let him. And he was very sad and despondent, and he was like, I'm scared, I don't want to Okay. Yeah, sure, Vimeo. Yeah, just mess with our whole flow. Here we go. Sorry about that. I want to sleep by myself. So, well, you've got Bear Bear. And he said to me, Bear Bear isn't real. <laughs> and so I found this very intensely uh, distressing for a variety of reasons that maybe you'll understand when I go through this. And I assured him that Bear Bear was as real as anything else in the world. And he said, but he can't speak and he can't move. And so I said, well, what you really mean is he's not alive. And he said, yes, that's what I mean. So for very young children, the sense of being real and the sense of being alive are somehow connected. And I'm going to circle back to this point at the end. But before I do that, I'm going to tell you a little bit about quantum computers and why people care so much about them. There are literally tens of thousands of some of the brightest people in the world today trying to build these machines and understand them. And I'm going to tell you why. In my last 15 years of working on this type of stuff, I found that scientists divide up into two categories of zealots about this field. The first half are people who are absolutely entranced by the physics of these things. This quote is from a respectable scientist, in fact, one of the founders of this field, that may, be a little bit, may look a little strange to you who don't follow theoretical physics, but there is a very clear prediction that our most successful theory of nature makes, and that is that there are an enormous number, mind-bogglingly large number, of parallel realities, as real as this one, that have different consistent histories. So imagine a world where all of the laws of physics as we know them are obeyed, but different decisions were made along the way. Different decisions at the level of tiny microscopic particles, different decisions all the way up to what you chose to eat for lunch, and whether you chose to come to the session or not. Quantum mechanics makes a very specific prediction that all of those are as real as the thing that you remember. And this is bizarre, because we don't see those other things. But science has reached the point now where we can build machines that exploit those other worlds. And quantum computers are perhaps the most exciting of all of these that we have within, or almost within our grasp right now. So people from a physics background love this. They want to understand the world. They want to understand the, the universe, how it all works. There's another type of person who tends to come from the computer science side that's like, yeah, okay, that's all great. But there's a different thing going on here, which is just as exciting, if not more, and that these machines that supposedly can do this wild stuff, let's forget about how they work, if you could build one, could solve problems that you could never, ever solve with any computer of the sort that we built. If you took every single atom of silicon in the world and made the most sophisticated conventional Intel-style processor that you could build, there are problems we know of that I could write down on a sheet of paper that you could never, ever, ever solve with that thing, that you could with this kind of machine. So that's very exciting. Humans use tools to do things. 
If you give humans a new kind of tool that can do things that you couldn't otherwise do, imagine the possibilities. So you may think, well, this is all fine and dandy, but is, aren't these things in the realm of theory and speculation kind of in the same regime as um, other futuristic things you may have heard of which may be allowed by the laws of physics but aren't here yet? That's not true. There are, in fact, many of these machines deployed now in openly available research centers following the model that was used Alright. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the This is the ignorance that I'm up against. I'm gonna go ahead and just cut that off there. I would definitely recommend you guys go watch the rest of that. Uh, it's about eleven more minutes after uh that point. But basically what he gets into is like he said, exploiting parallel universes, parallel realities, reaching into uh other worlds to pull out that information so that they can solve problems here. Air quotes problems. Uh, here. And so what we're beginning to understand is that there is a veil. Yes, there is something that, that keeps us here in this base reality and that technology is being used as the crystal ball, as the vector point to reach into this other dimension, into these extra dimensions to pull information here. You see, this is arcana machina. This is techno sorcery. This is harvesting the mind. This is using technology to calculate the, the known world. But I'll tell you what, guys and gals, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to finish out this episode talking about extracting anameya, eugenics, genetics, spirituality, integrating those interdimensional teachings, uh, and how transgenderism, transhumanism, and all that is being designed intentionally to usurp humanity and destroy reality. There's so much more that we're going to be getting into, uh, but ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this. Don't 
And we are back. That's right. Glad I didn't scare you off. You know, when I put all this stuff together, uh, I'm pro I will be doing another or a revamped version here in the future because all of this stuff is very, very crucial and very, very important. And there's just 
more that needs to be uh, done, like these diagrams that I have here, more the notes that I need to compile to explain this in even further depth, because believe it or not, I've only scratched the surface. I've, 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 I've only scratched the surface. I had at least a two to three hour long uh, pregame of trying to get my mind together, trying to get into the right thought patterns that are necessary to explain this type of information. And it's from reading articles to playing videos, it's not the same. So we will we will definitely be doing like a redone a redo version, a redux version in the future uh, to explain this and more. Because I truly do feel like at a certain level we are repeating history or we are we we've entered this this point in time uh, to where indeed timelines are collapsing and that we are reaching like a convergence point and that so much history future history however you want to call it so much is happening right now and I think that's why we can feel it I talk about it all the time how we're, we're entering a new age and how they gave us technology social media uh, to to harvest that energy and now they're going straight to the brain they're like give us the juice give us the straight give us the source you know they want to go right inside your brain to harvest that energy but there's there's so much more that I've learned doing this that 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 the power of words have the speaking things and doing real-world action there's so much more to our existence than just scrolling through it that I didn't do enough I didn't do a good enough job in explaining it you see uh, so we will do a redo a redone version in the future to go over more uh, because what we're going to be talking about with this one is things like eugenics genetics and, and, and how it ties into spirituality uh, you know I'm trying to paint for you guys a picture of how majestic how powerful how magnificent how magical how how strong we truly are uh, and the powers that are really at our disposal but we just don't know and we don't care you know and this is why I'm having to learn to pray for people because I can't I can't blame them they don't know they truly are uh, ignorant and because they've been in a state of ignorance for so long they haven't developed the skills or the abilities to learn how to think for themselves how to how to how to, how to be more how to how to do more how to pull energy and and essence prana whatever you want to call it materia from that other world and then make it happen here because it's a very real thing and you won't hear about it on oprah she gave you the secret but that's not it let me tell you that's not it uh, so let's get into this let's 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 talk about this you know you've heard me allude to this throughout the entirety of this transmission uh the 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 extracting of the soul the harvesting of the mind and how there's 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 multiple realities that we're that we're tied into the multi-dimensional human being you see how indeed that we we are living in a matrix that we are living in our own virtual reality where do you go when you sleep <laughs> you see but these people want to hijack even the the base part of that because there's even more to us than being conscious even when we're in sleep it, it, it's just so powerful and so crazy but that's why they want to do this. You know, this week we had, uh, what was it? We had a, a, a transgender activist uh, who wanted to essentially have sex intercourse with a 12-year-old or with a 14-year-old. They were 27 at the time. And so now that, you know, she's a little bit older, she's felt the courage and the need to go out there and tell these people this. But why am I talking about this? You know, there is a specific energy that is being propagated right now. You know, there is there is something being put out there. I've, I've I've tried to allude to it throughout this transmission, of how we're opening up 
Pandora's box, how we're releasing the genie from its lamp, and how a lot of these things end up working as they either cause a bunch of chaos, or they put the person that opened the genie or the Pandora, Pandora's box in the, in the very thing that they're capturing. What I'm trying to say is they want to extract human souls into the matrix and then put demons inside of our bodies, as I alluded to uh, with, with, with the machines, with the neural interface, how they'll have us forever in this trance-like state to where we can be housed uh, by other means. You see, people don't really think about these things. They have to use, they're, they're using the general degradation of society and humanity to usher in the age of darkness, ruled by demons. And so I'm sorry, I don't have any news posts to pull up to talk about that. Other than the fact that the Satanic Temple wants, you know, its own religious status. Look at Jeffrey Epstein. Like, I could, I could, I could pull up a few things to exemplify what the, the general degradation of society would look like. But I, I feel like to some degree, we've, we've already talked about it. You see. Why, but you've got to ask yourself, why are we experiencing this degradation? Because knowledge makes a man unfit to be a slave. Because the moment you begin to seek after greater things than yourself, you begin to have bigger revelations than you can than you can possibly comprehend. You see, Alice Bailey, she wrote this book called The Externalization of the Hierarchy, where the whole part of it, the whole it's, it's all based in, ex, in the exaltation of Lucifer, which is spiritual arrogance and pride, as I told you guys before. They want to be able to create the conditions so that we accept the marks of the beast. This is where we are today. People don't want, as I've said before, people don't even want to pray. They don't want to meditate. They don't want to have a personal relationship with God. They don't want to take the time to understand that that is, a, that that is more real than, than, than what's real here. Jordy Rose, in the previous segment, talked about his son uh, understanding the difference between real and alive. As I said before during our opening statement, more people think that this uh, facsimile of the real is real than the actual real itself. It's not alive. What, what, what has propelled you here to this point is more real than what I am saying. I am merely, as the vector point, trying to make the hyper-real, the supernatural, more normal than normal. But you see, the knowledge I'm trying to impart upon you, that requires higher faculties. That's advanced teachings. That's understanding the nature of reality, human, human's nature, and, and so much more. Not Donald Trump bad, Orange Man bad. Not America sucks. You see, you see how they have us based in everything that is meant to degrade us, debase us, destroy us, dehumanize us, make us petty. Not focus on the things that propel us to create the heaven here on earth. I want to jump back uh, to the, the, the journeys of the wayfinders, or the journeys of the psychonauts that I did with Adam Nix and J.C. Abbott of the Wayfinder podcast, and, and, and why that was so important, and, and, and why integrating interdimensional teachings is a very real thing. There are angels that are working for us right now. For me, there are angels that are working for you, the listeners. There are angels that are working in our favor so that this type of stuff gets out there. There is not enough of us doing this type of work trying to unlock whatever, whatever needs to be unlocked for this next phase. No, there are, there, are, 
they're not. There's more people who are embracing the dark side, who are seeking after the nothing, who are slaves to nothing. That all-encompassing dark abyss that they feel like gives them the power. Like, think about this. The, the t- they're listening. You see, during my research, or I think this is a better way for me to approach it. During my research this week, somehow I got, <laughs> somehow I ended up in uh, Jewish mysticism this week. But discovering primordial evil, the darkness, really trying to, to understand this, I, 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 came across, I came across what are called the Nehemoth, or the, the Nehema, whisperers, or night specters. Uh, these are responsible for frightening sounds in strange places. They excite the mind and cause strange desires. This is why we're seeing so much body mutilation. Because they want to make their physical body a, a, a monument, a temple to how they feel inside. When I'm over here, when I'm, when I'm working out, in the garden, uh, doing yard work, reading, trying to take care of the health, cleansing the body, that's because I want my physical body to represent my spiritual body. When these people are mutilating themselves, sterilizing themselves, modifying themselves, they are trying to make the physical body appropriate for the spiritual body, you see. Your body is the temple. And if these people savage and just wreck it, well then, what spirit do you think will be there? Not one that is after God's own heart. No, one that's just trying to be engaged in decadence. I mentioned earlier uh, the, 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 how evil is evolving, you see. And this is, again, understanding the nature of your adversary. <laughs> these people don't understand that evil, as it evolves, it's all-consuming, like the Ouroboros. It must consume itself. Because the seed of evil contains its own extinction. It will rot itself to death. And so that's why when these people mutilate themselves, they make that committed decision, that conscious committed decision to death, not to life, not to embrace that which is, that which is wholesome and, and alive, but that which is distorted, manipulated, and not real. But because we live in a day, and, and, and this is why I'm trying to throw out sociological, psychological, emotional, spiritual, metaphysical, multidimensional, and all of this, the technocrats, they're not only scientists and engineers, they are also, and technicians, they're also spiritualists and occultists. What I'm trying to tell you is that people worship that abysmal evil, that dark, primordial evil that was there before God split it. That's what they're trying to usher back in. That's what the age of darkness is. It's never knowing God. That's, that's why they want us to be like them. That's why they say join us, even though they have no idea where they're going. They don't know the cliff that they're, that they're trying to bring everyone to. This is what I mean by the delusion and how it's so heavy and how it has consumed them. And if people don't take the time to recognize it, to recognize how evil is evolving, they themselves will be caught up in the tendrils of the darkness, consumed by it. You see. So, when I'm talking about things like the, the, the journeys of the psychonauts, over there on the Wayfinder podcast, 
You have to understand, and, and, and I'm saying that there are angels working for us. There are demons working for others. There are people who have had personalities incepted inside of them, and they don't even know. I recently watched M. Night Shyamalan's third uh, installment of that trilogy series, Glass. And, and he did his research with multiple personality disorder, disassociative identity disorder, and so much more. People don't understand that these incepted personalities are more prone and more susceptible to accept certain realities than the dominant, uh, the dominant primary consciousness. And so, essentially, you have people seeking after the darkness, subconsciously making and doing actions so that they can be in it. Again, unaware of the evil that they're entertaining. And in this actual, in this actual uh, uh, series, we break down why it's important to have intention, have awareness, have understanding about what you're doing. Because when you step into this world, you're using a whole different part of you. You're not using the, uh, uh, the, the, the analytical, mathematical part of you, the scientific part of you. You're using a whole new body. This is why I'm trying to tell you that, that you have other skills, you have other abilities, you have other perceptions. You can do things. But because they just want you to say, orange man, bad, did you like my post, what I posted on Snapchat and Facebook, you're, you, you've been brought down to the level of a child. You've been brought down to the level of, of, of an adolescent, you see. The whole point is for them to remove your divinity, remove that hedge of protection that God has placed upon you. And if you willingly give it up, then there's no there's no, there's, there's 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 nothing for them to protect. You see, I want to read from you guys just just real quick. I should have covered this in the previous segment. Uh, you know what what the Bible says about taking mind altering drugs. Actually, I think that's for this segment. <laughs> Funny how all that works about taking mind altering drugs and how, again how that's the point, creating the conditions. That's why they want to give you the drugs. I'm telling you, there is something else to the days that we are in. And if they're trying to have you escape from reality, well, what are they trying to put into you while you've escaped? Uh, let me read this. Uh, this is from an excerpt I found in an article. I wish I would have kept the, 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 the information in the, in the link. Uh, but it says, LSD is man-made. It creates permanent changes to the brain. I consider them shortcuts, as people know. Uh, but it, it, it fosters and creates disassociation, going into those altered realms which is the perfect state of mind for demons to inhabit. You see, the Bible indicates that drugs will play a major role in man's attitude and response to God in the last days. These are the last days. There is, direct, there is a direct link between drugs and Satanism. No one can take mind-altering drugs without demonic influence being upon their lives. The Greek word pharmakeia, which translates into sorceries, is in Revelation 18 or Revelation chapter 18, verse 23. This word means medication. The English word pharmacy is related to this world, or is, is related to this word. Quote, And the light of the candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and, and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by, the, by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. Drugs are extremely deceitful. They never treat the problem, only the symptom. Now, I want to read real quick 
that 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 very specific verse and the light of the candle shall shine no more at all in thee and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all for the for thy merchants were the great men of the earth thy merchants were Bayer thy merchants were Monsanto thy merchants were Bill Gates thy merchants were Elon Musk Thy merchants were Purdue Pharma, AstraZeneca. Thy merchants were whoever created the weed that you were created, the weed, the pills, whatever. They say that the light will shine no more in you. Why do I talk? Why do I? Why do I always try to reiterate to you guys how drugs are being designed to smother that light, the luminiferous ether, as said by Nicholas Tesla, Nikola Tesla, because they understand that there is a spiritual, multi-dimensional, extra-dimensional aspect to what we consider the soul and how that's where the magic happens how that's what we build here that is what I keep trying to refer to when I say the vector point and how our mind acts as the computational uh, the computational base computer here so that we can oh, just create whatever that that is manifest whatever that is let me continue on uh, with with this because it talks about the Greek word pharmakaios, not pharmakaia, but pharmakaios. It's a drugger, or a druggist, or a poisoner. The Greek word translates as sorceries in Revelation chapter 9, verse 21, and the sorcerers in Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, and chapter 22, uh, verse 15. Quote, Neither repented they for their murders, nor for their sorceries, nor their fornication, nor of their thefts, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. The Greek word pharmakeus has a root, pharmakon, meaning drug, a drug or spell-giving potion. So, let's just, and, and, and the reason we're talking about this when we should be talking about, you know, transgenderism and trans, transhumanism, or how it should be in that same vein, is how many people are underneath this, these, these, these hormone treatments, these gender reassignment treatments? How many people are smoking weed? How many people are underneath pills? Oxycodone, hydrocodone, Xanax, Lori's, fentanyl. Well, just the other day, we, re we read to you guys just last week about that shipment of cocaine that came from J.P. Morgan. And you see how they understood back in the day, the Greeks understood back in the day, that if you take these drugs, you will become numb. That you will essentially be underneath a spell. So that they can have the perfect conditions that are required to harvest your soul, to harvest your individuality, to take you from you. They want zombies. They want automatons. They don't want people to think because a thinker can help liberate everyone else. A thinker can be a builder and a builder can save everyone else. They want to extract your soul from you and turn you into a husk, a shell of who you formerly were. You see, I wanted to talk about things like designer babies, destroying fertility, forbidden sexuality, Aleister Crowley, Nephilim, offspring, transhumanism, and so much more. But I think I'll save that for a future transmission where we get into things like the divine feminine, sacred masculine, lies of the sexual revolution, effects of wasted sexual energy, and androgynism, and why all of this is being pushed forth. You see, 
everything I'm trying to reiterate here to you guys is to show you how you are a divine, a divinely inspired being. And they don't want you to know these things. They just want you to be absorbed in this matrix where you're just another number to where you don't tap into that, that, that amazing power called life. Because the minute you do, you will run around trying to see everybody else's and understand this is history. These are the times that are, that are of legend. And that if we don't do something about this, all, the, all of everything we have ever created will be absorbed into these servers, into these computers, and then forgotten. I wanted to talk more about how the final form of AI is the black cube of Saturn. It is the cube at Mecca. It is an all-encompassing, abysmal object designed to, to, to imitate, assimilate, or imitate, transform, and then assimilate anything it sees. That's why they call it the Black Mirror, so that it can take the form of whatever it's about to conquer and then digest it. There's so much more that comes with this, and I really think people need to understand this. So Elon Musk saying that he wants to hook your brains up to machines, it's much more important than you really think. So we could focus on Donald Trump, Jeffrey Epstein, and all these other things, or we could really truly understand the times we are in and why it is imperative that we understand our divinity. Ladies and gentlemen, this is... Oh, this is Mass Societal Programming, Arcana Machina, and Extracting Anamea. However, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. I know I jumped all over the place, and if you want like a more simple, not so crazy chaotic version of, you know, what I'm doing, check out some of the mini casts that I'll have in the description bar below. This episode kind of produced a lot of different content. I'll be sure to put uh, as much as I can, uh, PDF-wise, document-wise, in the episode article on our website. If you guys are curious for more, think about becoming a Patreon exclusive member where you can get access to our extra and exclusive content. There's so much more that we really are doing. Uh, you know, I just wanted to end it by saying that I really think these people are trying to trigger prophecy. They know what they're doing. And while these times are happening, I think it is still imperative that we understand our divinity and the power that we have at our disposal. You see, there's so much majesty going on in the world that even whenever we do focus on all the evil, all we can really do is understand how the good just overwhelms it. So I will be doing another one of these types of episodes in the future where we cover more content that's in alignment with this, but I wanted to switch up from our normal flow and do something a little bit different. But like I said, guys and gals, that's all I really have for you. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.